Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on my Instagram at tokyostationpens, or on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter and have a blog at fudofan.com. And welcome. This is episode 28. I can't believe we're here. This is officially one year. One year we've been podcasting, Jacob. How amazing is that? Yeah, I think also what's interesting about this is that our sort of podcast year follows the, the Japanese school year <laughs> or the Japanese yep. financial year, right? So. Yep. A few, a few episodes back, we talked about you know the importance of um, of the seasons and the cherry blossom season and why that is symbolic. Not just because you know it's the beauty of the, the cherry blossom, but because in March is where you know the school year ends and the financial year mm-hmm. ends, and in April is where everything begins all over again. So the cherry blossom season, which is right now, is where you, t- you where you say farewell to the old and welcome the new, and that's the same with our podcast. Yes. And indeed, we have a lot of, uh, I think we had a lot of changes um, to our podcast because I think originally we, we probably wanted to do more like deep dives on specific topics. Yeah. But because there's just so many things that like happen, right? There's so many things that happen in the Japanese fountain pen world. I think even more than we had originally realized was happening in a year yeah. that we could probably just do a news show just on mm. the Japanese scene every single week. And, and that's pretty much what we have been doing for the past, like I'd say eight months. Um, but it's really, really cool. Uh, again, thank you to all of the listeners who, who make this possible. Um, you know, we, we grew from like, I think 300 people were listening to our first episode. And then, you know, now over like 2000 ish people listen to our episodes, um, every single episode. So thank you. Thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough. And I think, yeah, Jacob, uh, feels the same way. Yeah. And I will say to, to add to that. And I mean, what one change for us is that since we're doing this podcast now, we are more sort of on the lookout for news and you know podcast topics than we were before. So mm-hmm. what we usually do is you know a few days before the the planned recording, you know we create this Google document and we started to add some notes about you know what we might talk about in the next podcast episode. And at least for me, for this episode, it looked like we didn't have that much to talk about <laughs> this time. Right, it looks kind of yeah. This is a little bit of Wagner, a little bit of Tony Lins, but yeah, not too much. But then, in in a few minutes, we're gonna explain why. But suddenly, everything changed, and we have actually had to change our plans for this particular episode. Yeah, um, I I would actually disagree with you, Jacob, because um, I thought we were gonna have an action-packed episode because I had asked um, some listeners uh, via the Panatic Slack. I had asked for questions that they might have. For Nagahara, because I knew I was going to go see Nagahara-san today. Ah, right, yeah, sure. Um, so, so I thought we were going to talk about Nagahara, and I managed to ask him a lot of interesting questions. I learned mm. so much from Nagahara today. Um, not particularly in terms of grinding. I mean, uh, I got some hints there as well, but more in terms of like the thought process. You know how he feels uh, and his take on on the whole scene. Mm. Um, and, and then I, I met up with you uh, and Alyssa in. Um, and some of the others at Wagner. Yeah. And you had texted me, right? Because you couldn't get any good slots at Nagahara, I guess. Right. Because I took them. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you uh, and a bunch of different people uh, went to the Wagner event today. Yeah. Before we started doing the podcast, I would say these Wagner events were probably um, some of the more interesting events uh, that people went to. Yeah. And slowly it kind of devolved into this... Uh, kind of sales channel for for basically um Lichtop, right that that yeah. kind of was the trajectory um and listeners of our early episodes will will have heard this journey for sure and um i originally was thinking of just going home after that but you said you're going to check out this ancora store yeah and i had already made an appointment for next uh next saturday to go to ancora because that's when um ishimaru has his uh is having his first event mm. but i was like you know I, why not so i went along and uh it was worth it we got a ton of information so uh we're going to spend most of our episode talking about ancora mm. um before we do so we have a tradition and that tradition is to read reviews 
We have two very, very great reviews. We're really, really thankful for them. Um, as we said earlier, you know, we've changed a lot. We've learned a lot through the podcast. It wouldn't be possible without the listeners, without you. Um, and we're always very interested in hearing what you have to say uh, about how we run the show. So we'd like to read some reviews. Uh, the first one is from Parachan. And Parachan is uh, he, he's just a great guy. Um, he's followed my Instagram from almost the very, very beginning, uh, even before the podcast. Uh, and he left some very nice words. He said, excellent updates on Japan fountain pen scene, five stars. It's nice to get updates on the Japanese fountain pen scene from folks who live there. Always fun to listen to. So thank you very much, Parachan. Thank you. And I think and I hope that he's going to enjoy this episode. Then. <laughs> yes. Hekoi. I don't know if that's actually how you say it, but it's H-E-K-O-W-E-E. So I think it's Hekoi. Fresh look at the Japanese stationary scene. Very thoughtful and thorough overview of the Japanese scene that's especially helpful for Westerners new to this area of writing instruments and ephemera. Thanks so much for opening the door. Well done. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, thank you indeed. We really appreciate uh, we really appreciate your comments. And, you know, again, the way to grow the podcast, the way to make this podcast even better is to tell a friend. That, that's the simplest way that you can do it. You can convince somebody to listen to us. If that's not somebody in your immediate household, somebody that you can't reach right now, making it your Instagram story, right? Telling people, hey, there's this awesome podcast I'm listening to. Writing a review. Those are all absolutely fantastic ways for us to grow. And it helps other people discover our podcast. So we'd really appreciate if you can leave a review, subscribe to our channel, and tell a friend, make it your Instagram story. Uh, and, you know, just spread the word, spread the love. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So before we go into the main topic, I know we we're teasing a lot. Before we go to the main topic, you've got something interesting from China. Yes, so um, this Chinese pen maker, Pen BBS, they have been teasing a vacuumatic, or maybe it's pump filler or draw filler or button filler. I'm not actually sure about the terminology. I've heard different um, ways to describe this pen, but they've had this model called 348, or they've been teasing a model called 348 for quite a while now, I think several years. And I think what happened was that they tried to make this, let's call it vacuumatic, a few years back, but it didn't quite work. And I think the feed in particular is what, what, what stopped them from um, mm -hmm. uh, releasing this model. Uh, so they, they, they went back to the drawing board and they came up with a new feed. And they have just um, announced or they just released what they call PenBBS 348 test model. So this is a new model that has this newly designed feed. It's not meant to be, you know, their regular production pen. And they say mm -hmm. on the, in the Etsy listing that, you know, um, this pen has known problems with the, with the filling mechanism. It's not, you know, our normal production quality pens, but we want to get, I mean, if you want to test a new feed, then this is, you can, you can, you can buy this model. So I was curious about the new feed. So I ordered two of these, the first thing that was really surprising to me was that uh, how fast the pens arrived. So normally, as you know, when you are, when you buy something from China, it takes you know between two and four weeks usually, and it sometimes it takes even longer now because of the pandemic. But even though there were warnings in the Etsy listing saying that you know shipping is very slow right now because of the pandemic, so if you cannot wait, you know don't buy this or upgrade to you know courier shipping or you know please understand that shipping is problematic right now. You know, like uh, Bainey is very straightforward with these things. So every time I I see her say like if you don't like it, don't buy it. Yes, right? <laughs> I think that's just hilarious. Yeah, I'm sure she has. She has had to deal with a lot of interesting, you know, shipping-related problems recently. Yep. So I, I'm sure there's a little bit of frustration in her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so for some reason this was really fast. It arrived in a week. So I don't know what happened mm -hmm. there. I don't know why, but super fast delivery. Even though I went with it, the free, so that the, the cheapest possible shipping option it arrived in in a, in a week. So, um. So this model, this pen, PenBBS 348 test model, it's basically, it looks like their 308, uh, their classic um, 
cigar-shaped cartridge converter pen. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, of course, that instead of having a, a, a converter, it has this this blind cap w- with a button. Mm. And it also has this newly designed feed, um, which looks very much like their old feed, uh, except that the fins are a little bit thicker. And also there, there's this breeder tube sticking out of it. So I know many people have complained about PenBBS fins or PenBBS feeds being very fragile. So when you, if you want to swap nibs, you want to remove the feeds, it's very easy to, to bend the fins. I've actually never had that problem and I've swapped nibs on a lot of PenBBS pens. But I know that's a common complaint and I think that's going to be less. I mean, if you do have, pro- if you do have that problem with the current PenBBS pens, I think with a new feed, which I think that might be less of a problem because they're thicker um but yeah the fitting mechanism uh, you know as bane is warning about in um in the etsy listing it's a bit it doesn't really work as well as you would want to you have to push like 30 40 times to fill it completely to be honest i don't really care about that because you can also unscrew the section and just pour ink straightly into the barrel <laughs> if you want to and it's a quite cheap pen i I mean, I don't really care what a pen looks like. I'm just excited about the fact that they have made this new feed. Uh, I think people are going to like the fact that the fins are thicker and uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, the, the production pen. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pen that I will never use. Um, but it's it's so nice to see people innovating around filling mechanisms. My hat's off to PenBBS for always pushing the... so. They're not like other companies. Or other companies do like, you know, um, materials or, you know, shapes and mm. sizes. And, you know, to a certain extent, PenBBS does the same thing as well. But they always use the exact same nib. Um, their pens, yes, they have lots of different colors. But, you know, generally, they don't look too different from each other. Mm. Right? But the filling systems that they come out with, I think it's just, you know, they're really the only... The only makers the only pen makers who are experimenting with so much variety that's what i really appreciate yeah they've done a lot of interesting ones right they, they have done the, uh, the the syringe filler they have done yeah. normal piston filler they've done vac filler uh, they've done that weird uh pen bbs 500 with that sort of twist b go like yep, yep. Uh, piston i'm not sure what, what to call it, but they, but I think Bainey wrote in one in an Instagram post that you know one one of um, Long's you know the the, the, yeah, the, the designer Long's goal is is to experiment to come up with as many filling systems as possible and and that's clearly what they're doing so yeah I, I agree. Just wanting to add that about the nibs, it's true that they have had you know, very similar nibs for a while, but um, on the other PenBBS accounts so on Long's PenBBS account he he recently started teasing gold nibs so they are working on gold yes. nibs now yes that will be interesting um might have to buy one <laughs> it will be interesting yeah you gotta, you gotta try one yes see see what it's like yep so i've got mm, some uh some pens as well and i got a schaefer triumph from uh, a very very talented uh restorer his name is stacy hills um and he just does the most amazing restorations. And I want to put it on here because we usually don't see these tubular uh, nibs mm. in Japan. But there are three known, right? There are three known uh, models with tubular nibs in Japan. Um, Jacob, do you know what they are? What I'm thinking about the, the, the Mu, Murex and also the, the, the Super Ultra what it's called? Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm not counting the the Muir and the Burex because they're they're a bit different. Um, because you know, it's just like an integral pen, right? Not just right. the nib itself. But yes, you're right. There's the Super Ultra 500. There's that GK copy of the Super Ultra 500. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And Maruzen did one, but that one is a steel nib. So that's a lever filler steel nib tubular nib that mm. Maruzen did. And, um. These, I think, are are really, really interesting. And, you know, you don't really find these a lot in Japan. You don't find Schaefer's um, quite often. It's usually a brand that not a lot of people know about. 
I think in right. terms of uh, U.S. pens, there's a lot more watermen here. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense, right? Because they had a lot more like eyedroppers and safety pens as well. But uh, this little pen, I mean, it's super small, super cute. Uh, I really, really like it so much. Really, thanks so much to Stacy. I want to give him a shout out on, on the podcast. His work is fantastic. Uh, and if you're interested in vintage pens, you know, Stacy is, he, he's the man to go to. And I think he's trying to break Instagram with his stories. He's pushing the limits for how many stories you can have in a day. <laughs> That's true. He has like 15 stories or 16 stories a day. It's hilarious. Um, but I watch every single one of them because, you know, the way he restores is just is just great. Yeah. Um, and it's not just been acquisitions, right? We've been shipping a lot as well. Yeah. Um, so I told you this story earlier today, but we've been using Yamato. Yeah. Uh, who who's very, very good and well-respected in Japan. Really great, great service. And we've been using the uh, Yamato's international shipping. Um, and they're partnered with UPS. Now, for the longest time, they kept on saying to their customers that uh, you cannot ship inks with Yamato. So for the longest time, we've been shipping inks with EMS and uh, pens with Yamato. Yeah. And um, so I had to ship an ink and, you know, I'm not proud of this, but I decided, you know what, this is, this is ridiculous. This is nonsense because here's the difference, right? For inks, there are two different types of inks. There are oil-based inks and there are, um, there are water-based inks. Yeah. The oil-based inks, uh, they explode, right? They, they catch on fire. So you don't want that. And you, you find that uh, in ballpoint pens. You find that in like inkjet printer ink. And when people say, you know, don't ship inks, those are the inks you don't want to ship. Fountain pen inks are water-based inks. So, um, you know, they don't catch... They, they basically pose no hazard. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to ship these inks. But anyways, Yamta has always said you can't ship inks. Right. And we've kind of just taken that for granted. We can, okay, you cannot ship inks with Yamato. Uh, which is weird because I've shipped inks with UPS before. So right. um, one day I wanted to ship um, some inks and they told me you're not allowed to ship inks and fountain pens and I got kind of upset mm. because it felt like they were kind of um, you know taking me for a ride you know they're like oh this guy doesn't know how things work so I'm just gonna say some random thing and you know not have to deal with this annoying customer right and that really grinds my gears because uh, you know I ship like hundreds of packages a year so mm. i mean i ship a lot and for them to tell me hey you can't ship fountain pens anymore is just ridiculous so i asked them to print out the part where it says that the regulations restrict me from shipping fountain pens right and so so they printed me out this this sheet of paper it took them 30 minutes but they print they print this out um and they and it says I'm going to translate this as ballpoint pens or rollerball pens or fountain pens with ink cartridges inside may not be accepted at import customs. There's a possibility. And when they showed me this, I'm back to them and I said, okay, so that means if I'm reading this, right, that that means by logical Mm. extension that there's a possibility that it will be accepted. Mm. And they very reluctantly said yes. And I said, fine, then I'll take the responsibility. Ship, uh, just ship the inks. What's the worst thing that can happen? It just comes back to me. And lo and behold, they ship out the ink and it gets there just perfectly fine. So um, I I really hope, I think um, for 2021, Mm. you know, in light of the new financial year, uh, my wish for Japanese companies is that they, they would educate their employees especially those who work in logistics, right? And really educate them on the kind of regulations that are going around um, in terms of shipping because I'm really tired of people telling me that I can't ship something that I totally can. But I think everyone who lives here who has shipped stuff overseas, they all they all have a few stories about their challenges trying to ship pens and inks. So, so I had two recently, right? So I, I went to the post office and tried to ship ink with like surface mail. 
And they said, you mm. cannot ship ink with surface mail. But if you cannot ship ink with surface mail, how can you ship it domestic, right? So it doesn't, yeah. didn't make any sense whatsoever. And then I remember also a, a while back, and this was before even the pandemic started, you know, I sold a lot on Mercury before. Mm. And when you sell on Mercury, you usually ship with, with Yamato. It's usually like Japan yeah. Post or Yamato, but Yamato is usually more convenient. So I go with, with Yamato. And at one time, the... I, I sold ink and the buyer was in Okinawa. So we're still talking about Japan. We're not talking about any any import customs issues right, right, or anything. Right, right. But because it was but the buyer was in Okinawa, they had to they had to put it on, on a plane. So so Yamato called me after I had sold it and shipped it and they wanted me to confirm and promise that there was no ink in the package. Yeah, I mean it's just really annoying. Um, that Yamato is doing this. And I understand why, right? Because mm. there is a real, there's a real hazard, but not from the same kind of inks. I mean, they're just totally different products. Yeah. And the ridiculous thing was that uh, I went to Yamato again a few days ago, and they asked, oh, "What are you, what are you shipping?" I said, "Oh, some fountain pens." And they asked me to write um, the materials that the fountain pen was made of. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, this is uh, this is too far. This this is just too much. And I said, you know, I've never had to write this before. I've shipped you know hundreds of packages with you. I've never had to write down what what the materials <laughs> of the fountain pen. So I mean, they're getting really more and more ridiculous. Yeah, and it's frustrating, right? Because you, I mean, you finally find someone who you can you can convince, and then like the next time you go back to, to that Yamato office, there's another person, and you start over all over again. Yeah, it's really like a customer relationship uh, thing, except yeah. we are the ones that have to manage the relationship with them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, so um, let's go on quickly to some news. Uh, we have, uh, we were there. It was announced, I think, two days ago that yeah. there's going to be another Tono Limbs event, and I think this is significant because it's going to be the first in-person event that's happened with Tono Limbs for uh, about a year. Yeah, I think around this time last year, they were meant to have an, an in-store event. And I think this is around this time last year when they yeah. when they shifted to online because the, the pandemic started to get more and more. I mean, it became a pandemic for them. That's right. Um, and since then, they have done a lot of online events. And we have talked about Tony Lim's online events. They, I mean... They have tried various things and, and kudos to them for, for trying to make this work, but it's really, really not the same thing. It's been quite disorganized, but you have to go all over Instagram to find you know the next live video or, or find the stores and so on. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, us included, are excited about the fact that they are finally um, trying to do a, a, a retail in-store event again. Yeah, and sure. of course, this being Tonon Limbs is going to be in uh, Okamoto, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't really want to go because it's going to be super crowded. Uh, yes. But I'm kind of interested in Kobayashi. I think they might bring some pens. Uh, but honestly, I don't know if I'll go to this one. I have a appointment at Ancora, which we'll talk about later on yeah. the same day. Um, and I guess it's kind of close, but you know, let's see. I, I'm not necessarily in a rush. Yeah, I agree. And I probably don't want to go either. And there are two reasons for that. If you look at, for example, the Bungu Josh Inkunuma, the moment the yeah. doors open, the, there's no more social distancing whatsoever. I mean, the moment yeah. there are like, inks to, 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 to fight over, then that's, you know, chaos erupts. And I'm sure it's going to be the same thing here. On top of that, as I'm sure you remember, at the last Tono Limbs event in Okamoto, yeah, it was very disorganized. It was awful. It was awful. I mean, Okamoto is a, is a beautiful store, by the way. It, it looks like you go to this traditional Japanese, like Ryokan almost. I, I really like what a store looks like. Yeah, the like. store is I, good. Yeah, and I enjoy going to the store, but, but not during this event. Yeah. But uh, let's see. I think I think somebody we know will go to the event. So. Yeah, for sure. Um. <laughs> I think that person might have a VIP yeah. pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, next item, uh, and this is not something that we would usually talk about, but I think it's... Uh, it's interesting for for a very particular reason. So this is um, a news about Pelican. Pelican has announced the new M two hundred five model, which they call the Petrol Marble. Jacob, you 
you have the link open now. I have it open now, yes. Okay, do you see the pen? I see the pen, yeah. And do you see the resin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so um, can you explain to me what you see? There are similarities between this one and uh, Pilot Custom Heritage <laughs> SE. Yeah, that's a very uh, generous way to put it. But I remember when we when we did the episode about Custom Heritage SE, I think we said that the blue one in particular looked similar to a previous Pelican model, that Ocean Swirl, right? Mm. I'll definitely need to see this in a store mm. because I think there's going to be some luminescence Mm. That's not captured by by a camera, right? So like, mm. how you tilt it in the in the light that probably changes the way it looks. So um, I definitely need to see. This looks like the Pilot SE in green. I think it looks better than the Custom Heritage, though. Uh, apparently, that's a that's an issue. That's a matter of taste, um, and it's not my taste. <laughs> I, you don't you don't like this one. Well, I don't like the I don't like the material on the SC mm. either. Like I just don't like it in general. So, um, yeah, this doesn't do anything for me. Aside from this, we mentioned a bit earlier, and we would have talked more about this, but you went to Wagner. I didn't actually step in, but I did mm. wait outside while you got some pens for me. Um, can Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, because I haven't been inside. So I really don't know what happened today, but I do want to draw a contrast uh, to the next mm. topic. Yeah, I mean, we've been we talked about these Wagner events in the past, and I think we said that the first time you go to a Wagner event, it's very exciting because suddenly you see these vintage pens you've never seen before, and suddenly there's a lot of them, and there are some interesting um, pen makers. But then, you know, you go the second time and the third time and the fourth time you st- and you start to realize that it's basically the same thing over and over. Um, and this event was just a continuation of that. So you have um, Wagner was Morrison's table and nowadays he's mostly selling Taiwanese pens. Uh, and you have Tomoko, uh, Lichtop, and, and so she's selling uh, various toner limbs, inks, and, and her new uh, sailor pen, and she's doing uh, like nib tuning. Then you have Mr. Pilot, and he's probably, at least for me, probably the, the main reason you want to go, because he has he's selling all kinds of interesting pilot pens, uh, including some very hard to find uh, vintage models. And his table is usually quite popular for that reason. Then you have Pen Saloon selling this Kiboho ink and um, some pens he's done in collaboration with the Kanesaki-san. We talked about that before. Um, and then you have Betchori doing the like, monolettering workshop. And then you have handmade um, pen cases. And then you have some notebooks. So it's kind of nice, but there was nothing. There was nothing new. And to be honest, for me, the only reason I went was that I had some customer pens I had to give to to Hiroko. That's really why I went. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's not that it's not a uh, good event. It's just that I wouldn't want to go more than... I wouldn't need to go more than once unless I'm looking to buy something. If you've been to one, you've been to all of them, yeah. And on top of that, there's this uh, 2,000 yen entry fee. I think this time was 1,000. Yeah, it was only 1,000 this time, yeah. You know what this shows? This shows that the entrance fee could be 1,000 yen. Yeah, to be honest, I think 1,000 is... It's okay. Kind of okay, right? Because this is a smaller scale event than something like uh, Tokyo Pen Show, right? I, I mean, yeah. And especially now during the, the pandemic, it's not going to be a packed event. And it was, certainly was, was not a packed event. I mean, of course, there were a lot of people going to uh, Betchori's Monolai and Lettering Workshop. But other than that, there weren't that many people there. Um, and it's kind of a nice, or at least a decent venue compared to, you know, the, the, the old Suidobashi venue. And I'm sure that that's yeah. costing money. So I think 1,000 yen is reasonable. I think 2,000 yen was a bit rich. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely on the money. I think 1,000 yen is, uh, I think, just right. Mm. But 2,000 yen is too much. Yeah. Then we went to, to another place, which was much more active. And this is going to make up the, the main part of today's podcast. <laughs> we went to a shop called Ancora. Now, I first heard of this place yesterday. Yeah, I think all of us heard about it yesterday for the first time. So you posted it in our group chat. And at the same time, I saw it started blowing up on Twitter. 
Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I, I saw it first in a comment. Someone um, commented on, on Sailor's post and asked about some of the inks. And, and I had to look look at the, the top of the thread to, to see what it was about. And, and So it wasn't obvious to me at first. But mm. yeah, so what's going on here is that uh, Sailor, they did post promoting a new store called Angora. And the reason why this is interesting is that they're not just, you know, promoting some retailer. This is actually a store run by Plus and Sailor. Mm-hmm. So, so they come up with this new brand called Ancora, which is apparently Italian for Anchor. It's a retail store in Ginza, which is this very, very fancy you know, shopping area in Tokyo. And it kind of looks like, you know, if, if Johnny Ive, if Apple would make a stationery store, this is what it would look like. I think he would make it look even uh, more minimalistic. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But but it's a, it's a very elegant. So we, we went to today. It's a very elegant store. Uh, you have this this sailor vase bottles with with like diluted inks on the walls. It, it looked quite mm-hmm. like, with a, sort of a, all colors of the rainbow. It looks quite nice. And then they have these shelves full of um, uh, pens and notebooks. And they had they had all kinds of interesting things. They had you know make your own Sailor Prophet Junior. They had various limited edition pens. It was all very tasteful. Yeah. So it opened yesterday, and yeah. we found out about it uh, because well, I found out about it because um, Sailor's Instagram had uh, posted about it. Yeah. And for me, this was a huge surprise because there was no fanfare about it prior to to the the release it was literally they just just announced oh by the way we opened a store yeah i'm not sure if we missed it or if they sort of kept it a secret because i hadn't heard anything either yeah i i'm i'm not sure they they said anything about at least from the sailor side i don't know about plus but from the sailor side nothing was really said about it um and there are very interesting things in the store. The store itself, I believe, is actually run by Plus. Mm. Uh, yeah. So all the staff are actually Plus staff, who are obviously very, very experienced. And Sailor is providing a lot of the um, products inside, but it's not just Sailor, right? There's a lot of uh, different Plus-related stationery. So there's like um, water pens. There's mm. like uh, there's like uh, pencils. Yeah. Um, uh, glass pens. There's all sorts of different stuff so it's not just a fountain pen shop you can very much go into the shop buy tons of stuff and leave without a single fountain pen or ink but it's a gateway it's a gateway to fountain pens um let's talk about what was there before we talk about kind of the 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 story so the the main thing that we saw i mean it's like smack in the middle like you go in and this is the first thing that you see. Yeah. The main thing is that there is a build a pen. Yeah. Um, so this is exactly the same thing as what we had at um, Bungu, uh, Bungu Joshaku. Yeah. This is a very, I would say, um, it's not targeted to people like us uh, who are already very much into fountain pens. It's very much targeted at somebody who's never really had a fountain pen before, yeah. Um, but is willing to try because it's fun, and it's not super expensive, right? It's like I don't know how much it costs, but no more than five thousand yen. Just below four thousand, I think. So you make your own profit. I think profit junior, right? Yep. Uh, and there were like five or six different colors. So you like, yep. you, you pick your barrel, like uh, the finials, cap, clip. Five or six different parts. Yeah, there was also another. um, There was a. uh, I don't know if this is family friendly, but there was a plug for the butt of the pen because. (laughs) That's true, yeah. uh, Because those um, Prophet Juniors Mm. actually have a little hole at Mm. the end of the pen. So you can plug that. This whole display was very clever because, as you said, this was the first thing you see when you go into the store and it looked quite nice and if you are to make your own pen you're gonna be standing there for a while and choose part because there were so many parts yep. and colors to choose from which means that if you walk past the store it's gonna look like it's always gonna look like it's, it's crowded because that's people are, are are gathering around you know the door i think it's a double-edged sword 
because um, it depends how you run the store, right? Mm. You, you, when I was in retail, we wanted the customer to go to the back of the store. Of course, we want the best sellers to be in the front, but the customer should go through the entire store. Um, but the back of the store, which we'll talk about a bit later, mm. is more like a private area. Yeah. What they've done really smartly is they've actually put the cashier there. So exactly. you have the the crowded uh, area in the front, and then you actually force the customer to go all the way to the back and see all of the products. Yeah. Um, the second thing that was, I would say, uh, the most prominent was we talk about the ink bar. Yeah. Uh, and the ink bar, um, you know, really beautiful ink bar with diluted inks. This ink bar is only available when Ishimaru is there, and you have to make a reservation. So, my reserva- I've reserved for three people um, next week. So, so we'll be doing that, and I'm looking forward to doing that. And but- it's very, very interesting that they're going to have this this ink bar, right? Because I, we, I mean, we talked in the past about this Ishimaru ink blending events, and they're always immensely popular. You have to you have to book far in advance. It can, it can be hard to reserve a slot. Um, I'm sure that, that that's going to draw a lot of people to the store. I think the, 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 the next thing that's really eye-catching and I think is going to be very, very popular is um, the birthstone yes, pens. Yes, definitely. And these are, these, are, these are just killer because they're, first of all, they're um, slim minis, right? So they're pro-gear slim minis. So they're, first of all, pro-gear. And that's, I think, a more popular shape among collectors. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's not just a birthstone. It's a birthstone and the birth flower. So the flower of the month and a fl- uh, and the stone of the month. And every single month has a unique finial. Yes. They have unique nib designs. And they have unique bodies. So Sailor has essentially committed to 12 new minis that's going to come out across the next year. Right now, you can only buy... Uh, you can only buy what April, May, June, and from what I see from the April, May, June, they are they're good. They look a little bit like those those new uh, Shigori pens, but as you said, these are these are minis, um, yep. and the mm. the nib design is nice, and and as you say, the, the flower on the finial is is quite beautiful. The only thing I don't really understand is I thought that these were. Uh, store exclusives in the sense that you have to go to this Ankara brick and mortar store to buy them but you also have this online store now and you can go to the online store and and order them so i'm not sure what, what you know what what the relation is to this new um Ankara brick and mortar store so it says um Ankara limited edition Ankara gente shohin so i think um, this will ship out from Ankora. I think it's like a maybe it's like a sub brand. Um, it's like a retail exclusive mm. that you can also buy from uh, from Plus. But, so it's so it's not a brick and mortar exclusive. You don't have to go to this Ankora store in uh, Ginza to buy it. But but it's part of this new Ankora brand, which then yeah. implies that this brand is is larger than this Ginza store. With an Ankora box. But uh, my favorite out of these is probably the April one. It has a Sakura petal on the top. And um, the theme is diamond. And it looks a lot like, uh, as you said, one of the one of the Shikyoris. It looks a lot like um, Yukitsubaki. Yes. And uh, I was born in June. And June is a rose. And I think that one's quite nice as well. Uh, it's got a nice little rose petal design on the finial. Mm. And the body... Uh, the birthstone of June is is pearl. The body is actually, I mean, it's pearlescent, but it actually has a bit of um, imperfection to the pattern. So it's not a smooth pearlescent uh, pattern. It actually has some striations that aren't uh, that don't necessarily line up with each other, and that's what real pearls look like. And I really appreciate that. 
I wonder if, the, if, if there's going to be a way to buy these pens from overseas. So I, I remember when I went to Sailor's online store before that if you try to buy it, there's, there's a big uh, like warning saying that if you're trying to buy this from a proxy, uh, we're going to cancel your order. I don't see that warning here. Maybe they just haven't put it up there, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to try to order these pens from overseas because they are really quite beautiful and I'm sure they're going to be very popular. Yeah, I think they are they are just great. They're definitely the stars of the show. Yes. But anyways, the point is that these pens are fantastic. Um, and along this, they have created a set. These are pens you can only buy as a set. And they call it um, the, the Married Couples Pen. Yeah, this I think is very interesting. I think for some background, for some context here... What you sometimes give people in Japan as a wedding gift are this uh, pair of like bowls or plates. And they're usually in slightly different sizes. Yeah. There, there are some like sexist issues with this. Yes. But, yeah. 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 I mean, think what you will about it, but, but, but that is a thing here. What I'm saying is that you, know, you get two, two bowls and one is larger than the other. And if you look at this pair of pens, you see that the black pen is a slim the uh, white pen is a slim mini. Yeah, um, and I actually think that you know, regardless of the various um, you know social issues around this, I think this is a great idea. Yeah, because people are going to buy this, and people are going to gift it for sure. Um, and you and you can't buy as far as I can tell you, you cannot buy you know one of them separately. It's only available as a set. Yes, you can only buy them together. Yeah. So I would love to see uh, next, right? I would love to see a black black and a white white pa- paired together. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that would be very progressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't ask them to make a gray one yet. That's like the next step. Uh, but black black and white white, please. Yeah, maybe they're listening. But I don't think those will be as popular. I think black black would still probably work. Um, two minis might be might be difficult. Maybe that would be a special order. Yeah. Or, or yeah, I mean, if they can special order that, that's fine too, right? I mean, you, you have just a black-white in the store and then you can special order uh, the the others. But um, I think that will be a great commercial success. I, I, I hope they will be so that they can do the other stuff that they want to do. Yes. Um, and then on top of that, um, I personally think they should just give up the profit line because the Pro Gear line is just much more distinctive. I'm sure the Pro Gear is more popular in the West. I'm not sure if that's the case in Japan. What do you think? I think the opposite, actually. Mm. Because up until the uh, Sailor 2 Hot Habanero, Mm. all of their exclusives have been in 1911. Mm. And all of our exclusives are um, predominantly in Pro Gear. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, um, they have also... This weird new, um, weird new pen. Now they call it the Profit Light. Yeah, this is very interesting. So we we did this emergency episode, right? When we talked about how Sailor had streamlined their product lineup, and they had they have they had discontinued a whole bunch of pens, and one of the one of the lines that discontinued was this Promenade which may have been Japan-owned or at least Asia-only. And the promenade was kind of sort of profit standard, so 1911S, but slightly different... Um, the different clips. The different clips, but also I think that the shape was just slightly different. Um, and it was 10,000 yen back then, and then it was discontinued. Now they have announced this new model called Profit Light, as you said, which looks suspiciously lot like the promenade and i will say that the promenade actually had higher quality um clips this clip looks like the clip from the uh the pro colors but one one of the uh, back then one of the distinguishing features of the promenade was that the barrels were in these colors and they were had some some subtle sparkles Right. The regular yes. Prophet did not have sparkles. The Promenade had sparkles. These new ones have sparkles too. Promenade likes sparkles. Yeah. The black one is beautiful. I, the black one, I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not the one to to advocate for black pens, but this one with the sparkles, the glitter in here, yeah, this is my favorite. Because the others, the the glitter kind of gets lost in in the, these colors. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean they're not not nice, but the black one just just contrasts so well. It's interesting if you look at the price. So again, the the old promenade was ten thousand yen. This one is. Almost 20,000 yen. Now, of course... Double of the promenade. It comes with... I mean, this might be a small run, and they have a custom nib design, the engraving, but it's twice the price. But the thing is, these are laser engraved, so they shouldn't actually cost... It's just a matter of programming mm. into the into the computer. So I mm. don't think these should cost um, that much, but this is a pricing strategy from, from Plus. Yeah. But it will be interesting now to see if this... If they do anything more with this uh, profit light, yep. which again it looks suspicious, a lot like a revived uh, promenade. Yeah, um, I think those are the the main. Oh, you can also buy manyo inks there. Yes, and manyo inks were previously not available in Japan. They were a overseas exclusive, and now at this Ankora shop, you can buy manyo inks, which I'm very very happy about because. Uh, I bought a manyo ink from overseas and shipping was, was just very expensive. So I'm really happy to see that manyo inks are, are available here in Japan because I think they're really, really nice. And with that, they also have the, the earth, the ocean, and the fire um, pro gears. They brought that to their store. These were kind of available in um, in different retailers, but I think you know all three of them put together. Uh, this is kind of a sign that they're bringing some of the formerly overseas exclusives back to Japan. By the way, about the manual inks, I remember back at the the last Tony Lim's in-store event, one of the vendors at Okamotoya actually brought manual inks. But as you said, they were probably imported from overseas, so you paid quite a premium on it. So did you see what the manual yeah. prices were here? Uh, I didn't see the prices, but I expect it to be around... Um, the same as the regular 50 milliliters, so uh, maybe less than mm. $25. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also saw the Blue Dwarf, which uh, which is very interesting because that was not available in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard about that model before, but to be honest, I can't keep up with all the models. <laughs> so this was a US exclusive? I, I think so. Um, definitely... Not available in Japan, but I did see it was a continuation of so Blue Dwarf. They had Blue Dwarf, they mm. had Supernova, and they had um, they had this the, another one, but I don't remember which it is. And then they had this new uh, Sakura uh, Plus collaboration pen, right? Yes. Well, this is really interesting because um, a few weeks ago they had announced that they were going to do the fourth edition of. The Plus Kakria um, Sailor uh, collaboration. So yeah. last year they released this transparent um, sparkly pen with screen printed Sakura petals on them, and everybody kind of went crazy over these pens overseas, right? Like people were trying to buy these pens, and um, I think a lot of people ended up getting them from Amazon Japan. Now, this pen was announced weeks ago, and you could actually buy this starting from last week. Mm. I went around a lot of stores in Tokyo trying to find these pens right. to buy. And a lot of the stores, like Marazen didn't have them. The loft near me didn't have them. And I ended up getting fed up and uh, and ordered it from Amazon Japan as well. And I have the pen in my hand. And it's, those are, you know, blue with pink Sakura, which I think is is pretty, pretty nice. This pen that they have in their store is a limited edition of that limited edition so they have a limited edition collaboration pen which which is going to sell out and not be sold again and then they have a limited edition of that which is only sold at the store and the difference is that the sakura petals on this limited edition on the limited edition is more white and the the um, pollen are blue and I actually think that adds a lot of sophistication to the pen. It makes the pen look a lot better. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Uh, I've just sent you a picture on uh, Messenger 
but I think the per the the pink one was beautiful to begin with. Okay, let, let's let's put it out there. I think that that was a fantastic pen. The screen printing. Um, some people have concerns over it. I have a screen printed pen, and we discussed this on the previous episodes as well. But um, you know, some people might have put sunscreen on and and rubbed it, or they might have you know been um, doing their makeup and, and then they touched it. You know, all of these possible and all of these could damage that screen printing. Mm. Um, this one that they have with the blue pollen, I think that matches that gives the Sakura a bit of pop and actually looks a bit more like Sakura to be honest because Sakura is white. Did you realize this by the time you bought it or is this something you came came home and compared? I knew that the the Sakura petals were more white but uh. the blue I realized afterwards. Is the price dif- different? Was this one more expensive? The price is the same um, but I think it will be more expensive on the secondary market and they have blue petals too instead of white petals on, the, cool. on the original. Very cool. Yeah. I really like this. Um, so I bought two. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you need to have a backup. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, who knows how much these will go for in the secondary market. But I think that's really, really cool. And you know what? If you thought what we talked about was cool today, well, the next item, they are going to have... And I was wrong. right? We were wrong. We said previously on this podcast, I think, um, about maybe six episodes ago, mm. we said, uh, and this was in relation to creating the the Prophet Junior. We said that Sailor would never have a program for you to customize and make your own pro gear. Right. And we mentioned this special VIP area at the back, uh, where they have, and they actually have this kind of Sailor gallery, right? So it's not just pens, but it's also like a gallery. They had some like vintage Sailors. Um, they had a lever filler Sailor. But then in one of the windows, they had big words, coming soon. Yes. And then in Japanese, it said, customizable. Yes. And in the window were these mix and match Sailor Pro Gears, which is what we wanted. And there are five colors for you to choose from. There's red, white, black, navy, and brown. Now, we don't know when this is going to be official yet Mm. but this is super exciting it is i mean it's it's crazy i mean they they've they've done it and i just look at other manufacturers right you know kaweko does something but they're much Mm. more on the low end uh like this and then you have like montegrappa which charges like you know thousands of dollars this pen like the mix and match, it's such a great idea, particularly for pro gears. But I think that other um, other other manufacturers should should take a look at this. And um, I'm not saying that it's going to work because mm. I don't know how it's going to work. Right? Maybe it's going to be a huge success. Maybe it's not going to be a huge success. Whether they continue this is dependent on whether people uh, people buy this. Mm. But I think other manufacturers need to look at this experiment, and if it works they need to start doing the same things. But I also imagine that given that Sailor has made so many store exclusives and limited editions and you know all the colors of the rainbows recently, they are probably uniquely positioned to do something like this because they actually have now the tooling, the equipment to, to make all kinds of combinations, right? which not all pen makers might have. Uh, I, I totally agree. And are you going to make one? If they have some online, you know, make your own pants, I will at least play with it. And uh, if I like it enough, then I might press the buy button. <laughs> yeah, I think this is just super, super cool. Um, now they need to do this in Rialo. <laughs> so please, everybody, go make go make your go make your your sailors, go make your pro gears so that they can expand on this program because I need to make my own pro gear Rialo. If this turns out to be successful, which I'm sure it will be, I mean, there are so many possible ways they can expand this and do all kinds of fancy things with, you know, glitter and, uh, you know, different models and various yeah. patterns, you know, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, exactly. And then the next step would be to have you upload your own laser engraved design. <laughs> Kind of wonder if this would sort of kill the limited edition market. You know, if you can make your own pen the way you want it, you know, maybe you don't need to chase 
Kobayashi ends. I think that would be good. I think that would be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of chasing store exclusive pens around Japan. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Yeah. But they can still do something interesting for for the retailers, right? They can mm. say, okay, no screen printing except for except for um, you know, retailers. Mm. That, that's still a possibility. I, I I don't think they're gonna run out of things to 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 think about. Um and they'll come in four nib sizes but not in music and zoom. Right. For now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so again, we don't know when this is going to happen, but coming soon, I think that's super, super exciting. Yeah. But not only do we have all these exciting things, we actually managed to talk mm. to the staff a lot because the store, uh, and this is a funny story, th- it was cash only. And it's very interesting for a stationery store to be cash only because especially if you're selling these fountain pens for a lot of money, Normal people wouldn't have like that kind of cash on them. Japan is one of the few countries, I guess, where where people might actually have that. Uh, although all of the old kinds of you know PayPay and QuickPay and Apple Pay yeah. are becoming popular. This is, I mean, for the longest, cash was 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 king, right? So people uh, use cash. Yeah, but they had a they had a Urushi pen that was like two thousand dollars. I I get the impression that. It wasn't meant to be this way. It's just that they haven't gotten whatever, you know, credit card processing they needed up and running yet. Exactly. So they they told me that they had actually had everything set up, but there were some technical difficulties. Mm. So um, it was actually an emergency that they had to put up all those cash-only signs. But eventually, they will be able to take cards. Um, And today, I was, you know, serendipity, but uh, I took out a lot of cash to pay my rent. And uh, and then we go to this cash only store. I'm like, oh wow, I'm screwed. So um, they wanted to talk to me because, uh, or I don't know if they wanted to talk to me because, but I was going around to the store staff saying, hey, can I can I take this? Can I take that? Can I take this? And oh, by the way, we didn't mention it earlier, but they have fantastic, um, they have fantastic glass pens as well, hexagonal, oh, um, triangle. Yes. So those were awesome. They had uh, awesome um, ink bottle shaped glass pins. Uh, glass brooches which i of course i got one and i was like you know can i have this can i have this um i think i bought like 800 dollars of stuff mm. uh, maybe a bit less but so um and i was you know really excited asking all these questions about you know the customized pens mm. and you know concept of the store and uh turns out that we were talking to the store manager and the person who was in charge of the collaboration between plus and sailor yeah and uh we learned a bunch of stuff but i think the most interesting things that they told us were that um in general their impression was that the stationary industry is either not growing or even shrinking a bit Mm. and that makes sense right i mean i don't think that's a secret because you know people write less and less these days Mm. um you know uh, iphone whatever but what they saw was that even though the general stationary trend is going down uh, in terms of you know office supplies, actually they saw um, they saw fountain pens as a, a part in the stationary world that still had a lot of opportunity to grow. Yeah, I think I guess the same as you know the inks and the associate peripheries like you know glass pens. Um, you know they saw there a huge trend in inks. They saw a huge trend in um, glass pens and also the the more journaling style stationery and the shift to this segment particularly the focus on younger more female audience mm. is something that plus and sailor have done as a collaboration and we see again pilot is trying to do something like this with their ilmili brand um kokio's um pen pernap which is again terrible name. <laughs> well, uh, terrible name, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it's not there, but it's also doing something mm. interesting uh, with that brand. Platinum is, as far as I'm concerned, not doing anything right. uh, in that direction. But it, it really validates um, what we've been talking about over the past year, which is that the future of the stationary scene and and hopefully the fountain pen scene as well 
is very much um, towards the female audience. That's a huge untapped uh, potential market there. And the reason why I wanted you to contrast with the Wagner um, event is that, again, Wagner, uh, I peeked in a bit, but I think it was like 90% male. Yeah. And they didn't really have a lot of um, things that were really eye-catchy, you know, some new designs. And I think that's going to be that is going to cause the death of Wagner, you know, the failure to innovate. There were actually actually quite a lot, a lot of female at, at Wagner today, but the reason was they all went there for Vetchuri's workshop, right? Yes. They, they weren't there to, to buy the pens. Uh, but you're right yeah. that the the typical Wagner member, they go there to, to buy and sell like vintage pens, usually like Inkidome pens made of ebonite, uh, you know, black and gold that's yep. sort of what, what, what they're into. And also I think we talked fairly recently about Marzen's pen show. I mean, we're both fans of Marzen, but I think the kind of pens that that Marzen, you know, promoted and sold during the pen show, it's more toward, you know, the, the Wagner end of the spectrum than, you know, the, the plus seller end of the spectrum. If you look at pens like, you know, the Ohashido, you know, the, the Pilot Vest type pen, so some of some of the Eboyas, the Athena pen, which is mostly black and gold, right? Yep. They are not shiny, sparkly, you know, pastel colored pens. They're pens you buy because you already have, you know, five of them and you want a sixth one in your collection, or because you're interested in the history, or because you know you know the pen maker. Yeah, so I think it's gonna be cool really to see how events evolve. And again, that's that goes back to my plea to the other manufacturers. Look at what Plus and Sailor are doing in this space. Mm. And if it works, you know, you have to follow the trend. You can't be stuck to your old ways saying, okay, this is our market and that's it. Because um, there's really a new growing demographic in in the space. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a huge waste of opportunity uh, if we don't take that chance, right? If we don't take that um that initiative i agree and and i mean the point here is that this shop you know represents this this new shift i would say that this shop this new ancora shop is more about ink than pens yeah there's more shelf Uh... space dedicated to ink i would say than pens you had all of the one two three sorry the, um, the ink studio inks you had the ink bar uh, you had their their exclusive inks, this this pink ink and blue ink. There was a lot yeah. of ink, and there were a lot of people looking at ink and a lot of paper. There was also a lot of paper. For some reason, the Api- ah, actually, no, that's not surprising at all because we talked about how Plus owns a chunk of um, the company behind Apica. So yeah, there's yeah. a reason for it. I, I will um, say that uh, I kind of disagree in terms of the the pens. I think pens are still super important. They understand that their best sellers are going to be inks, which totally makes sense. But they've they they've committed to making like twenty different models for the store. Yeah, you're right that they have a lot of uh, limited editions, and that ties into another interesting discussion because, as we said in the beginning of the episode, there is this online store, and you can go to this online store and also buy these limited editions. So they're not limited to this particular retail store and it seems as if they are now launching Ancora as a brand and Ancora the brand is larger than this store and and it's it's conceivable that there may be more Ancora stores in the future with with a similar concept yeah um and they did say that they wanted to expand overseas they they said that if that happened that would be fantastic Mm. so so i'm really looking forward to, to seeing this and i i suspect that i'll be spending some time in this store you know our 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 stationary runs have now expanded to beyond itoya and marazen now we have to go to ankora we have talked about some of our favorite stationers so i mean there are some good things about itoya and marazen i would say neither is you know among the most beautiful stores in japan yep. uh kakimori shosaikan and this store, I think, are three of probably three of the most beautiful and, and, and most pleasant like, shopping experiences. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Uh, it's been like 70 minutes of, of us really hyping this up. But I think it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, 
what they do, I think will, if it succeeds, I will define um, the next stage in Japanese stationery, especially for fountain pens. I, I really believe that uh, that other manufacturers need to take a look at this. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm all talked out, Jacob. What about you? It's very exciting. It 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 feels like Plus is doing an Apple-like retail strategy. You know, they, they want to show that their yep. their products in the best possible way, and they're coming up with new products for these stores. And I can't wait to see what's what's next. Yeah, and with that, that's our episode. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Again, when you listen to this episode, take a screenshot, make it your Instagram stories. Um, you know, make it a post. You know, tag your friends, uh, tag your family members. Just help us spread the word. Help us grow the podcast. And you know, we're really excited for things to come. So thank you so much, everybody. Again, my name is CY. You can find me on my website at TokyoStationPens.com, on my Instagram at TokyoStationPens, and on Twitter at TokyoStationMNH. And my name is Jacob. I'm Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter and her blog at Fudafan.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.